The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. That guy is correct. Again, he's never wrong. It's uh, 7.08, and we're ready to go on a Wednesday evening. Good to uh, along with us. Feel free to grab the old phone, the old Alexander Graham Bell, and give us a call with your employment law questions. It could be about vaccinating. It could be about losing your job. It could be a severance question. It could be a uh, question about anything we've talked about for the last decade, but bring it on. Love having you here. Love having the phone lines humming on a Wednesday night. That would be 416-870-6400. 416 6400 help at employmentlawyer.ca. I give out that email uh, with a underline underneath because we are going right into the inbox tonight and clearing some of the uh, backed up emails we've got every week in the show. So we'll get to a pile of those. And anytime you want to reach out to Lior and a member of his crew, that is the email address. You can also call 1 855 821 5900. But like I said, here now live 416 870 6400 to uh, call in. And have a chat. Week that was. What do you got going on, pal? Hey, John. I am here and ready and willing and able and anxious Mm -hmm. Uh to take on as many questions as possible. Light up our phone system. We are ready for you so we can solve your workplace problems. Big problems or small problems. Small questions, complicated questions, you name it. This is the time. Uh, I've been dealing with questions all week, uh, you know, vaccine mandates, uh, dealing with severance, termination of employment, being put on an unpaid leave, termination for cause, all kinds of ultimatums. So whatever the question is, I assure you, I've seen it. I know what to do. I know what to say. So give us a call right now and have your problem hopefully solved or at a minimum feel better and know your rights, know your options. And of course, if that doesn't necessarily solve your problem, if you need to have a private chat with me or a private email exchange with me, perfectly fine. Very good idea, actually. We'll give you that contact information throughout the show, so stay tuned for that. But right now, we are live and only for one reason, to take your calls. And as we do that, let me start off uh, with the week that was some situations that came across my desk. Uh, I spoke on Monday with the gentleman who had been put on a layoff way back in 2020, temporary layoff because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Now, over the past uh, year plus, he had followed up uh, with his employer regularly by email, just checking in to see, you know, what's the status? Is he coming back to work? Right. Uh, he'd rarely get a response. If he did, it would be something vague like, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, and, you know, being the, the good employee that he was, he kind of waited. Well, he very recently found out that the company hired two new employees. And he followed up with them and said, well, what gives? You know, you, you hire employees, but I'm still here. Never even got a response back. Well, he finally did what I wish he would have done many months ago is he called me. And he wanted to know what, what gives here. I'm on a yeah. layoff. They're hiring people. They're not getting back. How long am I going to be on ice here? So the answer, hopefully, is one that our regular listeners know. And that is that he can decide. This employee can decide when enough is enough. He does not have to wait for the company to make the decision. He does not have to wait for the company to get back to him. He can choose to treat this layoff. He could have done that back in 2020. He can do it now. 
and choose to treat it as a termination of his employment. So he doesn't have to worry or, 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 or wait or uh, you know just keep following up with the company. He can say, now, I'm considering this a termination. Now you have to pay me my full severance. This is a long-term employee. He'd probably be looking at 16 to 18 months of severance. Wow. So that's a very important thing to remember. He's actually relieved he's going to do that. I'm going to help him do that. But this is still a reminder. I know there's a lot of people that are still on the layoff from back in 2020. If you are, you can obviously wait if you want. That's your right. But you can also choose to treat this layoff as a termination of your employment and get severance. You can do that now. And I think by now, gosh, enough is enough. If you want to treat this as a termination, give me a call. So there we go. You want to reach out any time to Lior. First uh, first uh, mention there, one 821 5900 That would be the number. Email, simple as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And I know we'll get to this a few times tonight, uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. All the employment law knowledge you need to glean is right there, absolutely free and anonymous and rolled up into that as well, is the Pocket Employment Lawyer uh, Severance Pay Calculator, so you can check that out too. What uh, What else is going on, pal? Well, John, uh, always a lot of stuff, and uh, I've, I've been speaking with uh, individuals uh, multiple times where their deadline to get vaccinated have now come, because uh, as you know, a lot of people have been getting, you know, since the, since the fall, deadlines, you must be vaccinated by a certain date, and many, many people, most people I think have, but there's still a number of people that have chosen not to, and uh, for those people, now they've been put on a, on a leave. Some of them have flat out been terminated. So I wanted to remind everyone in that situation, what does this mean from a legal standpoint? Mm. Well, what it means is if you've been put on a leave uh, or you've been terminated, in either one of those scenarios, you are owed severance. As long as there's no government mandate that applies to you, you are owed severance. Even if you've been put on a leave, you can choose to treat that as a termination. You can make that decision. Uh, to say I'm not accepting it and I'm going to pursue severance. Uh, you need to do that if, if you're in that situation. You won't qualify for EI unless you do that. So again, a reminder for everyone, if your deadline now has come and you're either being suspended or terminated, we need to speak because, yeah, legally you are owed severance. And again, you want to reach out anytime to Lior, 1-855-821-5900 is the uh, way to do that. But 416-870-6400, that's the number you reach out to anytime you want to talk to Lior uh, right here now, live on air. If you got questions to ask, we got answers. There's uh, possibly, Lior, just to bounce uh, over this for a second, there may be, with this word of Omicron and all these things, more restrictions coming down. Have you heard anything as far as the employment sphere is concerned? When that uh, has when it has to do with that, I'll get to JD here in a sec, though. But uh, what do you say about that? So I, I think not not as of now, but I, I think that there's gonna be very soon, given how things are trending, uh, requirements that are gonna apply to employers in terms of either uh, reducing number of people or even allowing and insisting that employees must work from home. Uh, and depending on the situation, like we had in in early part of COVID. You may have people that are going to be laid off now uh, as well. So remember, a layoff is a termination in that situation. So if we, if you find yourself in a situation that because of the Omicron vi- uh, variant or for any other reason, you are put on the layoff, as I was saying earlier, yeah, you can treat that as a termination. Want to get to a call again, 416-870-6400 is the way to do that. JD, thanks so much for uh, for hanging on. How are you? I'm all right. How are you doing? Good. What's uh, What's on your mind? Uh, I'm attempting to get a co-op with an employer out of the GTA area, and I just got sent the COVID vaccination policy. 
Um, their policy is stating that I have to go and get a booster shot if the provincial government or the health authorities recommend if I get the booster shot. Not mandate, but recommend. So I'm trying to figure out what legal status I could have there in regards to challenging that because I have a bit of issues with uh, getting the booster shot. I've gotten my first two shots, but I'm a little concerned with what I'm hearing out of the United States, so I'd like to get a little mm. bit, bit of advice as to what I could potentially do there. So the, the issue here is more of a, a practical one rather than a legal one, and yeah. what I mean by that is that this this organization that you want to do the co-op with, they're not going to, to bring you on. They're not going to hire you unless you do what they've asked. And there's no way around that potentially with the with the only exception of you having a doctor's note. So if you have a doctor's note saying that for medical reasons you can't get the vaccine, that would be different. I expect that given the fact that you had the first two shots, you're not going to be able to, to get a doctor's note unless your health has changed since. Uh, so as, as a practical matter, there's not going to be much that you can do. You can't force them to, to take you. Obviously, you can absolutely discuss this with them and say, can you just give me a bit more time? I want to, you know, I want to have some more time to see how uh, the, the, the booster rollout goes. But if they say, no, our rule is third shot or you don't work here, you can't physically restrain them. You can't change that. It's going to be a decision you have to make. Yeah, I understand. This isn't uh, you have to take the booster shot right off the bat. This is if at a later date we right. decide that you have to take the booster shot, even after you've commenced employment, you have to go take the booster shot. Otherwise, refusal could lead up to termination. And in this case, it would be appropriate for them to do that because they're setting that as a criteria from the outset. So they're telling you, just so you know, to work here, you have to agree that if at some point we tell you to go get it, you have to get it. If they simply hired you and then said, now we want you to have the booster, at that point, if they let you go, you'd be owed severance. But because they're setting those parameters right off the bat, unfortunately, if you don't get the booster, if and when they require it, they will let you go and there would be no severance owed. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, J.D. Appreciate the call. If you want to reach out any further and uh, get a hold of Lior and his team, no problem, 1-855-821-5900. I know we talked about that on the TV show uh, recently, Lior, as well. Someone who'd got a new job, and uh, it was it was, a, it was a matter of the employment agreement. Uh, didn't have that in that. Then a couple weeks later, they came in the job. Also, by the way, you have to show us your vaccine certification or we're going we're gonna to fire you. And they did fire him, and it was wrong, right? It is. It is. Because it's not a term of employment for right. most people, there, there's never going to be anything in the employment agreement, certainly not pre-COVID, that said you have to be vaccinated. So if the employer decides to, decides to impose a vaccine mandate and the employer refuses, because it's not a term of employment, then that employee is going to be owed severance. They can't just be let go without compensation. Can they be let go? Well, the answer is almost always yes. An employer can let you go but they would have to pay full severance depending on how long you've worked there. That could be as much as two years' pay. Want to take a short break and back to more phone lines? Plenty. Lots of them open. Uh, give us a call, 416-870-6400. Email, too. We'll get to uh, some of those. If we got some time, help at employmentlawyer.ca. It's the Employment Law Show, Global News Radio.
You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. 722, right back at it. Good to have you along. Uh, Lior Sanfiru, of course, is here. The uh, co-founding partner, Sanfiru to market LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the land. Reach out anytime. Do not hesitate, especially in this climate. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca, the email address we use. But, uh, yeah, like the guy said, 416-870-6400. Calls are always top priority. After that, we'll get to some employment law red flags. You'll want to stick around for those. But uh, first, Tom, thanks for taking the time. How are you? Hey, not too bad. How's guys? How's things? We're, we're good, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, question. Um, yep. Incident at work uh, between two individuals, not me, friend, Um and the question uh, during the uh, verbal altercation was uh, the accusation of uh, racism and bullying <clears throat> um, during the argument. Now, none of that was uh, present during the current argument, but uh, they're saying uh, you were this, you know, six months ago, four months ago. So now there's an internal investigation. And my question is, how far can an employer go back? when polling employees to see if anything inappropriate was said or uh, accusations of bullying, how far back can they go in order to, during their investigation? So there's no time limit. So it's not that there's a law that says you can only go back this amount of time or this amount of, of, of months. That said, the, the longer it's been since something happened, the less the company's going to be able to rely on it. So if someone did something, I'm going to use an extreme example, 15 years ago, no one cares, right? Huh. Uh, but so as a practical matter, anything that's happened more than a year prior is not really going to be something that's going to help the company to terminate for cause. So really, we're looking at things kind of in the last year. But that said, there's, they can certainly look at other things to, to assess credibility. So if this guy says, I've never said anything inappropriate in my life, and they find out that, uh, that three years ago he did, then that goes to his credibility. But is a, is, it's not like there's a law that says, no, no, you're not allowed to ask about things that happened more than a year ago. It, it doesn't work that way. Now, even if the employee uh, never, who says now, that never made a complaint at the time, but is now being asked about it, and now they're saying this was said then, even though no complaints by that other employee were made, is it relevant? Yeah. Oh, it, it is absolutely relevant. The company still has to decide whether there's evidence to believe that it happened and simply the guy the one person saying that's what i heard is not enough there has to be something corroborating it but yeah no. that anytime an employer hears about something inappropriate in the workplace you know for example racism that's a big issue so they have to investigate it once they become aware of it and their hands are not going to be tied necessarily by timing right yeah okay all right then thanks so much i appreciate it Leo. no problem 
Thanks, Tom. Appreciate that. Any other uh, matters, one 821 would be the way. But you still got time, so we'll uh, keep it going, 416-870-6400. But uh, between that, employment law, red flags, got to get to a few of these. Uh, again, listen up. you have any questions after we get through part of this list for this uh, this evening, reach out to Lior and his team and call him. First one, this, despite many stellar performance reviews, Lior, your employer puts you on a performance improvement plan. So it's... The red flags we're talking about, things that if they happen to you, you got to take a step back and say, whoa there. Let's, let's kind of wait a second. Why, why is this happening? Is this right? What can I do about it? In other words, things you can't and should not ignore. And this is certainly an, an example of that. If you've done a good job and you're getting a negative performance review or you've been putting on a performance improvement plan, it means that someone has decided that they want to try to get rid of you, but not just that they want to get rid of you, they can do that. But they want to try to get rid of you for cause. They want to let you go without compensation. And they're trying to build a case. So you can't ignore that. It's a huge problem to ignore that because ignoring something like that, being silent, not saying anything, it's the same as agreeing to it. It is the same as accepting it. So if you're a good employee, you know you're a good employee, you've always been a good employee, and now all of a sudden you get negative uh, reviews just kind of out of the blue, there's a reason and you have to respond to it. Now, I'm not saying that you go in there and you slam things on the ground and say, how dare you and you know make a big fuss. No, not at all. But you respond to it professionally. You send an email outlining why you disagree with it, why what the company is saying is not correct, why your, perform- why your performance was not deficient. Put that in writing. You don't even need the company to agree with you or to accept it. Just by you sending that, by you putting it out there, it protects you. It's going to make it that much more difficult for the company to ever be able to terminate your employment for cause. So definitely it's a red flag when out of the blue, unannounced, for no reason as far as you're concerned, you're getting a negative performance review. And it doesn't matter if you get no response from that email from the company or whoever, just crickets. Does not matter. It, it, silence. Oh. Um, remember, silence is, is acceptance. So your silence is acceptance. Their silence is acceptance. Nah. So I love that. So you can send an email. You don't need a response back. Employment law red flag number two. After a few years on the job, your employer asks you to sign a new employment agreement. Hello. So this is, uh, I'm going to give not just a red flag. I'm going to give double flags on this one, okay? Uh, Two flags on the play. Uh, No, the, the reason for that is because it is always, always bad news. Always. Whenever your uh, employer, out of the blue, you're already working, wants you to sign a new employment agreement. They're not doing that because they're bored. They're not doing that because they like to see words on a piece of paper. They're doing that because that agreement that they're asking you to sign gives them, the company, new rights that they didn't otherwise have. For example, it would likely give them the right to terminate you with minimal severance. So if you sign this, all of a sudden, instead of the 15-month severance you would have gotten otherwise, you're now owed only eight weeks. Don't want that. It may impose on you certain obligations with respect to non-competition or non-solicitation. And the list, by the way, is very, very long. So what do you do in that situation? It's actually simple. You don't sign it. Yeah. You can't be punished for not signing it. Or if you really want to be uh, good, send me a copy of it. Let me take a look, and I'll tell you. Is there really a problem with you signing it? But there's always a good reason why the company wants you to sign it, and it's not for your benefit. So talking about red flags, man, that's a big one. Don't sign that new agreement if you're already working. 
do they have to give you something for to uh, for you to sign it? And if you do sign it without getting some sort of consideration, is it still scary? Is it even legal at that point? So, yeah, arguably, if you're going to be signing a new employment agreement, they have to give you something in return for signing. Uh, and if they don't, yeah, arguably, it's not enforceable even if you signed it. That said, I think the best advice I can give on this topic is to be careful and just yeah. if you're not if you don't want to be bound by something, don't sign it. It's never a good idea to sign it and then say, now let me find a reason why it's not enforceable, right? We can do yeah. that if we have to, but it's better just not to sign. I want to grab a call from uh, from John. Hey, John, how are you? Thanks for hanging on. Yeah, I'm good, guys. I'm good. How are you guys? Beauty. What's, uh, what's going on with you tonight? Yeah, I work for a company. I've been here eight years. And in our division, there's several divisions. I'd say 15 guys are in a union. And there's three guys that aren't, and I'm included. I'm wondering if they're allowed to be paid more than us for the same job that we do. Also, am I allowed to see the contract that they get to assure them? So are they allowed to be paid? Yes, they, they are, and it's quite possible that they are. But, yeah, you can get a copy of the collective agreement. It's, it's a public document. Often it's available online. There's also uh, the government of Ontario keeps record of, of most collective agreements. It's not hard to get a copy of it. The collective agreement would stipulate how much people get in different roles per hour. So that's, that's not a secret document at all. But you may find out that those individuals may, may be paid more than you or more than others. Uh, it's quite possible. Yeah. That's a trucking business also. Yeah. No, so. that, that is absolutely possible. I mean, it's hard to say. But you, you should have no problem getting a copy of the collective agreement. It's not, it, it's, it is a public document. Anyone can have access to it. Is that right? Eh? Okay, that's good. Now, one more question. Uh, in the trucking business, we're, we're federally regulated. Right. It, is there overtime after a certain amount of hours that we're, that we're over the road? Do you know that? Yes, there there is, and, and with with truckers, depending on, on the routes you take and crossing borders, it could get quite complicated. So you know what I, I would do is I, I have this, this tool that I use, this kind of spreadsheet that allows me to calculate overtime for drivers. Why don't you reach out to me off air or even send me an email? I can do that calculation for you and tell you for your specific situation when the overtime kicks in. It is for federally regulated truck drivers, it can get a bit iffy. It's not... At one threshold, there's several thresholds. So why don't you reach out to me off air and I'll do that calculation for you. Okay, what's the email again? Sorry. Going to give it to you right now, uh, John. That would be help at employmentlawyer.ca, help at employmentlawyer.ca, and uh, the phone number two one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. So there you go. Uh, again, four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Got uh, Cam on the line. Hi, Cam. Thanks for joining the show. How are you tonight? Hey, good, buddy. Um, I was wondering, if the province goes to the federal government to invoke the Emergency Act as far as va va uh, vaccination goes for employees, does that change the scenario in the workplace of mandatory vaccines, which would ultimately affect the person's charter of rights agreements that they... <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure I understand the, the, the question, Cam. Ultimately, if there's a government mandate that, that applies to you, whether it comes through uh, whatever statute, whatever power, if the government imposes a mandate that says your employer cannot have you there unless you're vaccinated, 
if you're not vaccinated in that situation, you will lose your job without any compensation. So the question always is, is there a government mandate? Right now, for most employers, most businesses, there is no government mandate. Uh, I have not heard any intention for, you know, for example, the provincial government to impose mandates. That could change quickly. We don't know. But and if it does, those employees that are not vaccinated will unfortunately uh, not be owed severance when they lose their job. Okay, that's perfect. That answers my question. Appreciate the call, Cam. You want to reach out any further, uh, anytime you could do so. The emails I've given it out a few times will continue. It's uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca and one eight five five eight two one. 5,900, still going to keep it going here. Got time for more phone calls. You want to bring it on? We'd love to love to talk to you with the remainder of the show. But uh, employment law red flags, here's another good one. You've asked your employer twice, maybe more, to investigate sexual harassment by a co-worker, but nothing has been done about it yet. Well, it has to be a red flag because the employer has that legal obligation to investigate. It's a strict obligation. It's a non-negotiable obligation to investigate harassment if it's brought to their attention, and to take all measures to rectify, to make it go away and to fix that problem. So if your employer refuses that, well, that 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 is a huge, huge issue. So what do you do in that situation? Well, you push them. You push them as much as possible. You document that you're pushing them. You're telling them, here's what I what's happened to me. Please do something. Please investigate. Please take care of it. If they don't, you've, you've documented it. Now we can deal with it externally. You call me, and I'll either get them to do it or get you out of that workplace with compensation but if your employer is dropping the ball that's a red flag and you shouldn't just accept that there's absolutely things you can do grab a quick call in between john you are up next good evening gentlemen how you doing tonight good sir what's on your mind uh actually calling on behalf of a relative of mine uh, she's a school bus driver here in the barkham and york region area and way back when trudeau was talking about bringing in these federally regulated or federally mandated sick days and I'll, I'll preface this by they aren't unionized or anything like that. Uh, the question is, because they're run out of Cincinnati in the States, they're, and they're considered part-time, if the, and they're regulated by the Ministry of Transportation, is that something, being a federally regulated company, the sick days would apply to them? They, they wouldn't be federally regulated if they're... Uh, so are they a bus company? Sorry, did you say school bus? Yeah, school bus company, yeah. Yeah, a school bus company would not be federally regulated. They'd be provincially regulated. What's federally regulated is interprovincial trucking. So, you know, those truck drivers that go cross province or cross, you know, to the U.S., they're federally regulated. But a school bus would be provincially regulated. So the the federal government has announced that they're planning on introducing a mandatory vaccine for federally regulated employees. That wouldn't apply to the school bus driver. Hmm. Okay, but if the province were to bring in the, uh, let's say, when they tried this before with the 10 sick days, that is something that would then fall under them, or that they would be yeah, able so, to take advantage of if they need exactly. it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So okay. the school bus drivers, exactly. that Because they're provincially regulated, they'd be governed by, by the province of Ontario and what it does. All right. Beautiful. Gentlemen, appreciate the show as always. Always pick up some little silver bullets here and there. You guys Thanks, keep man. Have yourself a great night. Thanks, John. Appreciate your time and uh, your uh, your patience on the phone lines as well. Mark, you're uh, you're standing by, but now you're here. Good evening. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. What's on your mind? Um, I just want to let you know, I worked at a casino. I'll uh, leave it out of this, but I got laid off while my job was no longer there. That was March of 2020. 
So it's now been maybe 20 months, and I've yet to get an actual phone call from them. I was there for 17 years in a full-time position, and they've sent me some emails to come back as a contract position and working, like, night shifts on the weekends. But I had steady days. We're not unionized. And I'm just wondering, like, if I'm entitled to any severance if I leave at all. Yeah, absolutely. So right now, you are in a a position to treat this whole scenario as a termination and get severance. You could have done that a while ago. You can do that now. So ultimately, what you can you have to decide is this: Do you accept their offer to go back on on the terms that they've proposed? That's option one. Or do you say no, thank you, and then treat this whole thing as a termination and get severance? Now, you said you've been there for 17 years. Depending on your job, your age, you could easily be looking at as much as 18 months' pay, right? So uh, there's a lot at stake here, but that's a decision, and you can absolutely treat this as a termination. If that's what you want to do, Mark, give me a call. Yeah, because I was looking at it this way. They have, I guess they haven't offered me my actual job back that I had, but they've given me some alternatives to stay employed. But it's and on a contract position, it's minimal hours. And I just don't really know what to do at this point. To be honest, in the meantime, I found a job. They don't know that at all. It still doesn't mean I don't want to walk away after 17 years with nothing, you know, and and without a phone call in 20, like 20 months is a little bit disheartening as well. Yeah, it's a it's a bit much. So, no, you won't walk away with nothing. Uh, and happy to have a chat with you to talk more specifics about exactly what you're owed. It's not yeah. going to be something that's difficult to resolve if you chose to, if you choose to go that way. Happy to okay. connect and help you out. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. Thanks a lot for your advice. I appreciate it. Uh, Mark, appreciate your time as well. Uh, just in case, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is how you get a hold of Lior any uh, any time. Hi, Derek. You're up next. Good evening. Uh, good evening. How are you? Great. What's your question? I have a question. Can the employers can employers force you to get vaccinated under the health and safety act? So an employer can't force you to do anything, right? They can't come into an, uh, to your house and say you get vaccinated. You're not leaving the house. What they can do is say that if you don't get vaccinated, you don't work here. Now, in that situation, if they do that. Uh, they have to pay you severance if they let you go because you're not vaccinated, unless there's a government mandate. If there's no government mandate and you lose your job, they'll have to pay you severance. So I don't think that that's the the right way to call that is forcing. They can simply say to work here, you have to be vaccinated. But if you don't get vaccinated, they have to pay you severance. They They let you go, yeah. Exactly. They let you go, but they have to pay you severance. Now, they may not pay it to you. In other words, I have to get involved to get you that severance, but legally, they do owe it to you. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Derek. Appreciate your time. You know, it's it's interesting. Mark's phone call before that. There, there's a story you've heard several times. I imagine many times, countless times over the last two years. There's a guy who's been sitting around the house for almost two years. I, I know people that have retired voluntarily and they're bored after six months, not forced to sit at <laughs> home for two years. I mean, honestly, almost two years without a gig for this guy. I mean, it's it's tough to say, you know, okay, I'll go back to whatever, you know, tidbits they're going to offer him. And then if, if that's the case, if he does go back, I mean, that's his new job. That's his new reality, right? If they let him go three months after that, now he's now he's really in a bad spot, no? Yeah, so let's, let's play this out a bit. So let's say before uh, he went on a layoff, he was making $60,000. This is an example. Sure. 
Yep. They're offering them this part-time thing, not regular hours. And let's say he accepts it, continues working, and now he's earning $20,000 because he's not working as many hours. Fast forward three months, they let him go. Well, now his severance is going to be calculated on the basis of the $20,000, not the $60,000. So he loses out on most of his severance that way as well. And wow. if they don't uh, let him go by him allowing them to change the terms of his employment, they have a right to do it again. So it gets worse uh, even in that scenario. So you have to be very, very careful in if you're being called back to work on different terms. You could be losing out on severance. You could be opening the door for much more trouble and many more changes down the road. So I say if your employer can't and won't bring you back to the terms of employment that you had before, it's time to treat that as a termination. Or if you're like some, so many other people, you're still sitting at home. You're waiting. You don't know if you're getting called back to work. Mm -hmm. Maybe now in uh, December 2021, it's time to say enough is enough. I'm treating this as a termination. I'm getting my severance. You can do that. I can help you do that. We'll get to one more employment law red flag here, and it is this. Your employer says you weren't, quote-unquote, the right fit for the job, and they fire you, but they fire you for cause. So this is a red flag, and this is something that you should always, always consider a red flag whenever the company says for cause. Whenever a company says we're terminating for cause, that red flag should immediately come up and the reason for that is it's almost never cause. A termination is rarely properly a termination for cause. Very, very difficult to terminate an employee for cause. It's only in situations where the employee has done something terrible and not being a good fit or maybe not even doing a good job. That's not cause. Okay? Hmm. The company may let you go, but that's a without cause termination. They would have to pay you severance. So anytime you're terminated for cause, certainly if it's for something minuscule like, oh, you're not the right fit, it's not cause. The company may be trying to avoid severance, which they're legally required to pay. A lot of stuff covered tonight, a lot of phone calls as well. We appreciate all of your input as we uh, wrap it for a Wednesday. Going to be back here on the weekend, of course, but uh, you want to reach out to Lior and his crew. Reminder, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the land. You are in good hands across the country. The number one 821 5900 that email address we always use, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And before you even make the phone call, the website is free. It is anonymous, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And inside that one, of course, the severance pay calculator as well. We'll catch you next time, Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.